ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here, and this is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. And this is our 250th episode. Spectacular! <laughs> the 250th time we've walked home from the movies. Yes. And remembered to record it. And we have walked home from... Many different cinemas in many different countries, mm-hmm. in many different homes, over many different years. How long have <laughs> we been doing this? Six years? Yeah. Yeah, 2016, I think we started. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, thanks for, us. for being here. Thanks for listening. Kathy, thanks for being here, listeners. Thanks I'm for being here, Dave. Surprised people are still here and listening to us, but yes. Here we are. I'm amazed as well because when I thought about it, it's our 250th episode of the cinema where we walk home from the movies. But we've done actually so many more other episodes where we watch like retro movies or TV shows or uh, over on our Patreon or wherever. So I actually reckon we've probably oh, done pu- about 400 episodes. Pushing 400. Yeah, yeah but yeah, this yeah. is 250 official cinema walk home from the movies. Yeah. Um, and when we did the maths and realised that our 250th episode was going to fall in the week... Of the most anticipated movie of the decade. <laughs> decade? Are you we taking lost the our shit. The century. The century. Maybe nay the millennium. I don't watch movie trailers, right? Dave sent me this movie trailer and was like, "No, you have to watch it." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." And as it kicked in, I nearly had a heart attack. I'm I can't amazed. fucking believe this movie. Yeah, you hadn't heard of it until this trailer. This movie, I have been keenly following since like 2017 you know it was in like limbo hell since they shot it in like 2018 or something Why? so guys what are we talking about we're talking about Michael Flatley's Blackbird uh, the movie written directed produced starring he probably did all the editing himself presumably bankrolled he ba- oh 100% bankrolled <laughs> this is this is basically it is the money the, the, the movie that um, a ridiculous amount of Riverdance money gets you if you want to pretend to be James Bond. It's, I can't it's wait. I think the trailer looks good, though. Good? Yeah. In what way? As in, it looks like a like wannabe good. Bond. Yeah, But, clearly. like, maybe with a nudge and a wink at the camera, like, they know it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, that's what I'm hoping that's for. that's what you're expecting? Oh. I, I'm also expecting like, oh, Michael Flatley to be really po-faced, but, like, for the people around him to be a nod and a wink. Oh wow, no, I'm expecting the complete opposite of that. I think this is completely 100% sincere. Like, this is Michael Fatley and everybody else around them doing the work of their lives because <laughs> this is good material and it's dead serious and he's a, a former spy. And bless me, Father, for I have sinned. When this he is, said bless this me, is, Father, for I have sinned, like I nearly had Kathy, a heart there isn't, there isn't a shred of self-awareness 
in evident in any any of the marketing of this movie. But and who needs self awareness when you're a millionaire and you can just make whatever movie you want to star in? But that's that's exactly my point. This is this is I have a shitload of money and I want to be a movie star. <laughs> I'm going to be James Bond. Let's do it. Well, there's and a lot that's of people talking about it. What we're, happens? We're we are celebrating our 250th episode we're going to see this movie it's extremely rare you get Irish movies in the cinema now I don't know if we'd kind of class this an Irish, Irish movie. movie no it's a Michael Flatley because movie Michael Flatley he is not, not Irish. doing this for the Irish people but I feel He's like doing there it for was, Michael Flatley I feel like there was a hint of Irish accents being thrown around in the trailer and it's going to have Irish vibes like it's like an Irish James Bond I, I, but not Pierce Brosnan I should hope and expect there are Irish vibes well, I he's should play- hope and expect that at one point he leaps into Riverdance well he's playing a character called Vincent Blackley who's a <laughs> former uh, secret service operative known uh, as part of a, an underground circle of like hitmen or something okay, and they are called the, the chieftains oh my god so I'm and, like, we pretty actually, sure there's some Irish Irish slants to we this we got quite into the river dance in the pandemic because um, there was this brilliant kids river dance movie that came out it's not brilliant by the way it's, it's a terrible but movie but the dancing's brilliant in it and our kid loved it and he got really into river dance so we were actually showing him the original Eurovision segment and okay you can be like it's very 90s it's a little bit naff now it is fantastic dance, he was like enraptured by this and at the time he was two and he literally sat golf back and watched it and it brought me right back to that moment when we all watched Eurovision so I anyway I'm never expecting forget. dancing you know, you know there's like you know the people say you never forget where you were for you moon never landing your first JFK time. 9-11 I will never forget where I was when I saw Riverdance for the epic. first time live in, in front of the, the unveiled for the rest of the world at the mid it was, it was the it was the like um, the interim interval show at Eurovision like it yeah. was like a hey <laughs> we're gonna go count the votes now here's something to fill some space and then this thing comes out and it fucking blew everything else at Eurovision we out used to have it on VHS at home like it I used incredible. to just watch it but anyway that's the energy I'm bringing to this because he, I believe he was like the creative director of Riverdance so therefore I believe he's got creative abilities and I'm oh, here for it by the way yeah I'm not putting down the man's achievements or his talents in that space I mean he has clearly he, he not only produced an incredible and unrivaled sort of piece of choreography and and music and was heavily involved with that but he turned it into a business and a legitimate worldwide phenomenon it's a franchise like that movie so, we were talking about he's like, earned he his would money. have made money even just from that kids movie the question is do I think that whatever that is translates to Writer, director, producer of a spy movie, and we hold our star. judgment. Hold your judgment, Dave. <laughs> my judgment. Save it for after the movie. I am entirely skeptical, but I am so skeptical because I'm so excited. If you can't tell, I'm excited, not because I'm a fan of Michael Flatley's work and think this is going to be good. I'm I'm fascinated at what it appears to be somebody with no self awareness and a load of money. And nobody's saying no to him And this is what it will produce Well I guess someone said no to him If it was made in like 2017, 2018 And it's only coming out now The only thing that was said it? no to him Was the pandemic <laughs> global pandemic Is the only thing that <laughs> can stop only thing that can stop this movie um, Also I do want to say as a side note Because we started this podcast When we lived in London And we now live in Cork um, Where we're both from It's quite cool for me That for our 250th episode We're actually walking to the gate cinema Because that was where we went On our very first date Way back when That's right What did we see again? I don't remember It was a zombie movie Oh yeah It was um, George 
A. Romero's Land of the Day. Yes, what a movie to start a relationship wow, on. Not, we not, can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. It's an okay movie, but certainly, yeah, not a great date movie. I'm sure we overanalyzed it afterwards. First uh, date movie. Yeah, I guess we had a good walk home that time. <laughs> anyway, I'm delighted. Thank you so much to all our loyal listeners, even the ones who stuck with us through a pandemic when, yeah, we couldn't get to the cinema. Episodes fell off a bit of a cliff. And here we are, back in the cinema again. Cinema's back, baby. Yeah, and... Everyone's worried about the state of cinema. But look, Michael Flatley's making movies. <laughs> so we're fine. Well, it's He's a... got enough money to fund the entire industry. Do you know what else, For though? the rest of eternity. Two things uh-huh. on that. First yeah. of all, it's National Cinema Day, we forgot to say. Oh, yeah. So, literally, so the trifecta. We're paying, what, four euro for this or 250th uh, episode, uh, Blackbird, the movie and National Cinema Day where it's four euro tickets so hello yeah, this is it was meant to be my second point on that is that is, is spectacular um, Michael Flatley like bringing cinema back like that's legitimate like I feel now there's going to be like multiple iterations of Blackbird like it's a franchise for life and I haven't even seen it yet is it making is it making bucks <laughs> he knows it's that just a open I don't know if there's a dance sequence in it, we're in it. he's nailed it. Isn't I question his future? I don't right. think so. We need to go into the right, gate let's cinema. Go watch oh, it. final point. Yeah. This isn't screen one in gate cinema on a Saturday night. Oh, I mean, well, do you know this they're is they're betting of, on it? But this is also like the most famous movie drought in history. Like <laughs> you know, last weekend had the lowest box office in in the US in like years. Is it was getting- worse than during the pandemic last week because there's a drought there's of no movies. movies. Yeah. So is Blackbird so that- <laughs> getting a cinematic release like in the States? I know it is in uh, England I and Ireland. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's going to bring cinema back for I world hope cinema. so, guys. I hope our yeah. listeners in the States are able to experience whatever we're about to experience. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Uh, bye. It's only 90 minutes as well. Oh my God, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I, if it's a vanity project, it's going to be like four hours long. No, clean 90 no, minutes. I really admire the restraint. I'd say what happened or is... Or they didn't have enough material. No, I'd say they actually had hours worth of footage. And because it's not a vanity project, he realised a lot of it was terrible and let someone cut it. Yeah. 90 minutes does not say vanity project to me. I admire your It's not optimism. a director. You know when you watch a director's cut, it's like four hours long, it's tedious as hell. That's not this. Unless yeah. Blackbird, the director's cut, is too soon. No, you're right. You're right. He's got. He's a man who knows. He knows he's got a vision. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we're about to experience it. See you in 90 minutes. Bless me, Dave, for I have seen <laughs> Is today the day you wish to confess your sins? Not today. My sins are my own. You heard about the incident in London? Blake Molyneux is extremely dangerous. This is our chance. We must get Victor involved. No one can do what he does. I'm not the man I used to be. The Blackbird is dead. You're the only one who can stop this. We've got to come back and fight. When are we going to get past this? I'll never get past this! You can't just hide from the world. Victor Blackley. I believe you have something in mind. Who I am is none of your concern. And what I do is out of your control. Bless me, Father. For I have sinned. And I'm about to sin again. 
Hi, we're back. We've just seen Michael Flatley's Blackbird. I've never seen him. I've never seen or not her. Like said in full in a film. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same. Not only that, <laughs> such a big budget blockbuster film <laughs> like this, guys. If it's your first time at the cinema, welcome to our 250th episode, and we don't spoil the movie until we get to Spoiler Street. However, I'll tell you right now, don't watch this movie. Wait until they create a YouTube highlights reel of all the best bits of Blackbird, <laughs> which will probably be about four minutes long. I disagree. Watch that. Disagree. And I will spoil will will spoil the movie shortly. Um, you disagree? disagree? You think this is worth a trip to the cinema? It was so fun. I, Everyone was laughing there the whole movie, and at the end, our screen erupted into, into tears applause and applause. And tears. Come and on! Now here's the question. Here's also, the question. No, we're also Kathy. always saying people should go to the cinema and support cinema. So yeah. why would you tell people to watch a YouTube? Because I'll tell you why. Because that was incredibly boring. Um, it was It was so boring Cathy It was boring towards the end But at the, no. I maintained at the beginning It wasn't boring It was incredibly boring throughout It was one of the most boring films I've ever watched It was Disagree. not so bad It was good It was so bad It was bad Disagree. With moments that were really funny And which I think would be a perfect little YouTube Yeah but it only works as a, some of its parts Because you're sitting there going Sorry, am I watching a movie where the opening scene is a priest saying <laughs> Arn Arr in the lashing was... rain and everyone's got umbrellas and no. jackets on except Michael Flatley who's wearing a jauntily placed hat. We have to talk about it's Michael Flatley's hat game. drenched by the rain. He it's wears, apparently a monsoon. He wears a variety of hats in this movie. He's rarely without a hat and he wears it at a 35 degree angle <laughs> at all times. And it is could be described as jaunty but I think he thinks it's sexy I disagree with a sexy personally um, may I like all the other umbrellas women up, umbrellas umbrella up umbrella up just like raining. a funeral filled with CIA agents yeah but if this was a fu- secret service agent Flatley would refuse to put the umbrella up umbrella work um, <laughs> can I uh, can I ask you a question though I, going no, I into this say, movie going like, into this movie you maintained that this film you are unable to open this umbrella oh, Here, you hold the microphone umbrella, yeah. and I'll do it okay Going Thank into you. this movie, you maintained, at having watched this trailer, uh-huh. that the people involved in this were giving a knowing wink and were in on the joke. Yeah. Do you now maintain that premise? Yes, because Michael Flatley what? winked multiple times. He was winking. The movie. He was winking at women who were more than less than half his age, Dave, he also who winked. were telling him how handsome he looks tonight. He also which winked. are words that he wrote. He wrote that. He winked at <laughs> and a directed priest. it. Asked young female actresses to say it to him. Yeah. He winked at a priest. He winked at young women. So there was winking. And then there was a blonde actress in the film who, whenever she didn't realise the camera on her, was just fully laughing. She was smiling. Yeah, but but, she at all but times. That's, sorry, she was I'm in not... grave danger. And then she was smiling again. So yeah, I do actually still think it was. You a bit think of a joke. she was in on it? Like this is a, this is all a bit of a laugh? Okay. No, I don't. I don't think people are in on this joke. I think. I think they're being directed by a complete narcissist <laughs> who is like. I'm sorry. This man is has has just conducted a multi-million dollar teenage fantasy. Like, and this is this is a movie in which the lead character is so important that all the dialogue is about how he is the only man who can do this job. The opening is Patrick Bergen saying, 
I don't know what we're going to do. He's the only man who could do what he can do. <laughs> um, which is pretty much the dialogue that Michael Flatley wrote. Um, th- throughout the movie, the course of the movie, he's this reluctant, retired Secret Service agent. And Patrick Bergen is telling the team, you've got to get Blackbird on this. <laughs> this is the only wo- he's the only man who could do it. Despite the, t- the fact that there is a completely capable team of Secret Service agents around him doing all the work who are unable to complete the mission because only he can do the job. Now, the funniest thing about this movie is that we there are two action scenes in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. This is ostensibly an action movie. It's one not, of them, one of them. Come on, not, have you seen the poster? It's not built as an action movie. I, t- I have to tell you something. What? I actually screen grabbed it earlier as proof. What? When I went to book the tickets today on the Gate website, the genre said romance. Oh, really? Yeah, and I screen grabbed to tell you and I forgot. Okay, to be fair, this is far more of a romance movie than an action or a spy or a thriller movie because it is neither thrilling nor filled with spy action. Certainly not romantic. It has two action scenes, but it does not also does not succeed as a romance. (laughs) But anyway, back Um, to the fight scenes. The fight scenes. There are two fight scenes in this movie. One of them is over in three punches. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and is absurd. Uh huh. Um, and well, naturally more on that ends. Spoiler street. Yeah. More on that. The other street. one is built up and built up and built up, and then they, they cut away because Michael Flatley can't direct an action. That's scene. exactly what I thought. Like, there is directing. no action in this movie. So there's two things that you need for an action scene, right? First of all, you need like an actor who's really fit and can fight. And <laughs> what are you secondly, saying? You what are you saying about Michael Flatley's fitness? I'm saying he's the 65 year old man. <laughs> and then the second point is you need a really good director who's like. Um, trained in the art of action directing so when you have neither the fucking good choice is to cut away he made the right decision <laughs> okay. what you do instead Let's is you linger for 20 minutes over a battle of the wills <laughs> on a poker table oh god that's what you do can we please go to spoiler street to we talk about we can't go to spoiler street yet because right, I just right, want to right. talk on, about a few things so I had a different experience from you in that I actually loved watching this in the cinema I thought it was so funny I love being in the cinema when like everyone else is laughing and the first laugh of the cinema came when this like incredibly good looking young woman said something along the lines of hey sexy why don't you loosen up a bit life's for living <laughs> the whole cinema erupted into like laughter and then continued to laugh throughout when this young woman inexplicably threw herself now there is two reasons that, he, that she would have thrown herself at him one he's a millionaire Oh yes, by the way everyone um, His character in this movie is a millionaire Because Michael Flatley cannot imagine writing a character That is not (laughs) a multi-millionaire Well look, this is the kind of character he was writing That's fine, that's his choice Secondly, he's in a position of power to her Thirdly, there's no other yeah. reason that she was trying it on with him. So does, anyway, that, does that not make it creepy? It in, makes in, it fair. I'm not saying in, it's not creepy. I'm just saying I enjoy the audience's reaction to it. I don't think that was the reaction he intended. The other thing I really enjoyed about it, and this is very weird, and this is where you can tell the film was shot pre-pandemic, right? Michael Flatley gets closer up in people's faces <laughs> than I've personally ever experienced. It was so like, You don't get that close to me and we're married. <laughs> So to the point where not only like when he was talking to someone who'd he be like right up in their face, when he was there's three different female characters in the film that when he's talking to them, he actually presses and then rests his cheek against their cheek. And his forehead. For more yeah. than like a couple of seconds. He also does women, it to one of the villains, did you notice? The at women the, at love the end it. he gets right up to yeah. the villain's nose. No, but they don't do the cheek the cheek <laughs> thing is like a tender way that like maybe you'd imagine like a grandmother like caressing one of her grandkids only kind of situation where it's appropriate he does that to young women who he's employing right and what's so mad about it is because he is both the director and the writer and the actor he doesn't 
he clearly doesn't think that's creepy because at no point is it framed as creepy. It's framed as like, God, he's just like one of the gang. It's like you're 40 years older than these women. It's so creepy. But that's what I mean. He is in a position of power both in the movie, which as you've described, the character is, but from from a meta sense, he is controlling all the shots. Like, do you think this movie ha- this movie had an intimacy coordinator? <laughs> no, but there's no intimacy in it, though. No, like, to be fair, there yeah. isn't. But there aren't. Uh, they, they, but there are um, there are a couple of moments where I'm like, this is just wrong. It's all not, the now, women one, in this movie are. Um, Way Basically, you're way younger, but they're also just like either vacuous or incompetent, or he can't write female um, characters, or they need the men to do that. And he sends. There are several times where he either, mostly his character, either asks women to do things for him, mm-hmm. or like such as like things that are beneath him, like look into. Look into now, this person. Now, in fairness, he's doing or, this everyone, though. He seems to be everyone's boss. Yes, but that's the only time he interacts with women, if it's not that, or just having them throw themselves at him. <laughs> um, or he sends them away out of harm's way, yeah. which is the other thing. I have um, one ta- more point to make before I get to shoot, yeah, yeah. which is like, and this is now the sign of... So I would say, first of all, this movie by no means was as badly written as I thought it was going to be, and is by Disagree. no means... By no means as poor as I thought it was going to be, right? It's better than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to say that. However, like the biggest writing flaw of this film is that there are multiple times when characters know things and have information that they shouldn't know and we've never seen them get. Yeah. So there's so many scenes where I'm like, that so person confused. does not that know that information. Know that. Yeah, yeah, why exactly. are they talking about it? Yeah. So it's almost like they maybe filmed scenes where they found out what was happening and then they cut it, or else it was just kind of poorly written in the first place. They never got that in. So that was actually to me the most homemade feel of the movie like that's actually not normal in a cinematic yeah like the little details had not been thought through exactly so that's the bit where I was like this feels like a a made at home movie that like an amateur person wrote that was like when I really felt that because other than that I didn't quite feel that because there's a lot of money in the movie and then sorry you've just hit the nail on the head this is a homemade (laughs) like vanity project with a ridiculous amount of money it's made by Dance Lord Productions they're a legitimate production company this movie looks like a real movie it does look like a real like movie it, yeah. it looks the the cinematography is is Fine. really well done there's yeah. a really good single tracking shot through a hotel like that he's, said he's they hired they use the tracking shot too much though but that, sorry that's what's so odd to me is that he has hired a massive film crew who are clearly quite competent and capable like this is a well like it, it, it is not like the room, right? Where it is like everything movie, yeah. is like wrong. I actually like, don't it is, think it he's, presents as a movie. But I don't why? think he's a bad director, by the way. I actually don't. But sorry, this and is, I don't this think is, he's a bad actor. I think his biggest flaw is a writer. My my question is, I think his biggest flaw is a writer and director and actor. My <laughs> my question is, if he has all this money and wanted to do this, mm-hmm. he, he this is it. this well, is where he's no. But sorry, this is kind of, kind of this is where he is lacking the self awareness of his own ability. That he he hired oh, he hired a competent cinematographer to do their job. They did it effectively. It looks great. He hired a competent editor to edit the things together. Blah blah blah. The sound is all crisp and clear. Why does he think he can direct a movie? Why wouldn't he have hired a capable director and had another writer have a go at this? But why? But he's. But he's. Do you know what I, I mean? I'm guessing that would have made this better. And but still, I, he could I have starred and pranced around in his white tuxedo. I'm guessing that he wants to be a director, wants to be a writer, and wants to be an actor, and has the means to make that dream happen. I am not here to begrudge him that. I really am, and 
I don't think he did a terrible job. I think there's a lot of problems with the film, but like by no means on any scale is this one of the worst the movies core, I've ever seen. No, 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 sorry. No. It is not the, not one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it is not a good movie. It's a bad movie. The, um, but I also love that, like, and I know I'm such a softie for the yeah. cinema, but like, I love that he's actually put this out in cinema and not on a streaming service. And I just think, you know, I'm actually like, really admire what he's doing. So I'm sorry. I think it's cool. If someone has the money, if I had the money, I'd do that too. If I really wanted to be a movie director or a movie writer, actually two things I would love to be, the actress bit, no, I wouldn't. I'd love to be able to bankroll my own film and put it out in the cinema. What would your film be about? I don't know, but I'd love to be able to do it, so I don't begrudge him at all. Sorry, I'm not begrudging him. I'm just telling you what I thought of the movie I watched and his abilities, um, which I think little of either. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's fair? I think that's really fair, yeah. What do you think of him? Like as an I'm not actor? begrudging him how he spend his money all he wants. What if do you he's, he's going to bring actor? people into the cinema and, and in August and we're all going to laugh and cheer along, then then fine. What do I think of him as actor? I think he is certainly fine. Yeah, he like, is not. He, he's he not is, notably bad. He, here's here's an important fact. He is not the worst actor in this movie. No, like by a like, like, by a long shot. He's, he's also, down the list because there are better actors than him here. Eric Roberts is clearly oh my God, that's what I want to say. He, the I most accomplished him. actor in this and is having a lot of fun. I loved Eric Roberts. Yeah, and he He's, lifts he lifts this movie. Yeah, he really does. Um, but but Michael Flatley, do, did uh, is he a terrible actor? No. Did I buy him as this character? I bought him. You see, I think his character is ludicrous. <sighs> but if I put aside the ludicrous, how ludic- the ludicrosity, ludicrosity is that a word of the character? putting all that aside and do I believe that he could win in a fight no but putting those two things aside I think he carried the role fairly well I admire that he didn't give himself too much dialogue because I actually think that's a road that like he could have gone down and it would have been terrible he's he had such minimal dialogue that I was actually like is he supposed to be Irish or American I wasn't hearing enough of his accent I think he was supposed to be Northern Irish I think um but actually, yeah, He's I, definitely supposed I to be admired Irish. his restraint because he could have given himself a lot more dialogue. But we need to get to spoiler street. Let's go to spoilers. So now. you're saying people need to watch the YouTube cutdown, and I'm saying spend all your money on going to see this in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go see it today <laughs> when it's cheap. Yeah, don't, don't. I mean, I cannot in good conscience recommend this movie. It was so unless fun, though. You, but it wasn't. I'm sorry. This is my, this is my point. I would, I, I am a sucker for a so bad it's it's good movie. But they have to be like. Like the room is just like, what is this? This is. See, mental. I can't watch the like, room though. The I think it's like is, watching paint dry watching the room. Like this ticked along. It was. The problem is that short. this movie is too competent. It's, it's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like it's actually just so fine the for the most of it that it's so boring and dull, and I think it's unforgivably dull. But then you remember that he wrote it. And Any, then you'd fucking piss yourselves because anytime like, he was on screen with his tilted hat looking wistfully so into fun. the distance and like saying and saying things like you know uh, I can't go through with it I can't go back <laughs> we walked away from that life when he said um, who I am is none of your concern and what I do is, is out, out of your, of your control. control like there's some good lines in here oh but fantastic whenever someone would comment on how hot he is that the reason why the audience was laughing is because the audience knows he's written that for himself he wrote that whereas if it was like if he hadn't written it I don't think the audience would have been laughing and that's why I enjoyed it because it was kind of meta that it was so ludicrous like how imagine having the audacity and the complete (laughs) lack of like embarrassment to write that on a page about a character you're going to inhabit then stand on a set full of people 
and tell a ridiculously attractive woman who's less than half your age to tell you <laughs> how handsome you look tonight. He's like, it's not me, it's the character, okay? Character's it's really handsome. It's what the script demands. Exactly. And but the funny thing is, we're laughing at it, but like, how many movies do we watch uh, Hello Bond? Where men are this unattractive and for no reason at all young women are throwing themselves at them. So... It's again. It's only funny because it's him. But anyway, we need to get spoiler treats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So spoil- spoilers now for Michael Flatley's Blackbird. I'm so so happy to say that sentence. Um, <laughs> here's the here's the main thing. I think here's which we thing. both agree with. I'm on. going hunting blackbird next spring. <laughs> oh my god! Like, what does that even mean? It means people don't people don't hunt blackbirds. That's the stupidest Sorry, statement. The, to cut straight to the end, <laughs> and you should be turned off by now if you haven't seen it yet because you should see it. To cut straight to the end, the bad guy's like. If you've sequel. given me the wrong thing We're getting thing, a sequel If you've given me the wrong thing I'll come and I'll hunt blackbirds in spring Yeah It ends He gives him the wrong thing Your man finds out Great Michael Flatley's happy out now He's got his new girlfriend Yeah because everything's fine And, and they'll <laughs> never find him Because it's not like he owns A very prominent hotel in Barbados And owns uh, the biggest um, house in Ireland <laughs> It's like why is he a millionaire <laughs> They never explain it And also why did not, I get it It's like he wants to get out of that life And set up <laughs> hotel in Barbados whatever yeah, of course. but why does his entire work team from a secret service agent come with him I know and he's like, that doesn't said, make any sense we said we want to get out of the business but they all seem to be still in the business so I got very confused yeah exactly the woman is still phoning Patrick Bergen in London who's like you are not capable of doing this job even though there are four of you would you have recognised Patrick Bergen if he wasn't in the credits uh, no he's, yeah, he's and a, I say he's that as someone who older. A loves sleeping with the enemy of which he's a star Yes With Eric Roberts' sister Hello Oh my god yeah. And B I've actually met him in real life Six degrees No big deal A long time ago And I still wouldn't have recognised him So there we go He had some of the worst lines in this movie He was terrible yeah. He wasn't terrible His lines are terrible What about We need to talk how about, about the blonde woman I'm fascinated by her character Okay so right? Vivian the, so Who is, is a, the worst spy ever The worst ever. spy of all time So, so here's this why this movie is baffling yeah, Right this, this, As soon as like the last act of the movie I was like this is terrible they were completely unravelled that's where all of a sudden everyone knew everything they shouldn't have known meanwhile she didn't know as a spy that she's married to an arms dealer sorry can we talk about her plot from the beginning she shows up um, at this hotel sees Nick okay the you know uh, Michael Flatley's colleague and they have this moment where it's like they recognise each other and then Eric Roberts is like do you know my fiancé and he's like uh oh and then they're like no not at all and you're like, oh shit, she's a. Uh, oh, sorry. sorry. Um, you're like, oh shit, she's she's undercover. Yeah. And then you find out when we work together, it's like, oh, she's a spy. And then she flat out tells Michael Flatley, yes, the agency put me on him to keep an eye on him. So you're like, oh shit, yeah, she was sent to spy on him. And then she's like, no, but then I fell in love with him, and he's a good guy, and I wanted to get out. And we've and been then- together for five years and then your man and then your man Nick later is like he's not a good this is literally the dialogue he is not a good guy he's a bad guy he has he's an international arms dealer he has a coin with some he's an international arms dealer and he also doesn't give her any of the required information like about the coin the MacGuffin or any of this stuff and then she's like no you're wrong he's lovely 
Um, and then she's like in a moment and only in this moment where she has spent five years with this man who is conducting business and tells her I have a business meeting they should have said they're together six months yeah it's like it's like you are the worst spy in the world and then you open up a briefcase and see a a, a disc with no label or any identifying information on it and she knows nothing about this thing and she's like oh and then in that moment she's like this is also why she's such a bad spy he goes what's wrong darling nothing I'm going to go get some water. That's the best thing she could come up with, which is quickly unraveled. And not only that, she then goes to Victor to give him the thing, says, oh my God, I'm so... Like, in, that's one of the worst scenes ever. That was terrible. Was like, goes, if you don't know, I always loved you. That, but that was like, that was wild to me, right? So she goes to Victor and he goes, she's like, I have this the mini disc thing. And Victor's like, that's the code, the evil code that will kill everyone in the world. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, she doesn't go, sorry, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, what like, code? <laughs> what are you talking like, about? She had none of she that information. any of that. Like, at <laughs> Also, I think she thought maybe her she, boyfriend was dealing in like nuclear arms. She or opened her fiance's briefcase, which, by the way, Eric uh, left, Roberts she left didn't unlocked, unlocked on the bed, like with this <laughs> thing that's worth like millions of dollars. I guess that could wipe out half the planet. Yeah, it's like suddenly they're trying to make an Avengers movie. Like that, that, that was all so wild. Like they so, suddenly made the stakes way too high. Can, can we? Sorry, like, can, they raised the stakes so high and then did nothing to meet them. Can we pause on what they explained that to be? There is, he said, there is. This is a formula which allows you to completely repair your immune system and boost it and fix any disease. Yeah. That's what he said. So basically you become Wolverine. And then that is never mentioned again. No, no. So it's like... They change one element and then it will kill all the people you (laughs) want to kill. And then he's like, yeah, but if you change one element, yeah, you kill all these people. So it's just like, but hang on, what about... (laughs) The positive applications of this thing. It's like, and Michael Flatley's like, I want nothing to do with it. And this. then Michael Flatley's like, <laughs> he's like, it's like, he's, he's like, like, I'm running this hotel in Barbados. I'm busy. And then the guy, the Game of Thrones guy, was like, No, we have to do something. And he was like, really enraged that Michael Flatley wouldn't. But instead of doing something himself about it, he just it, went off and got drunk yeah, and fell into an eye. It's too. like you could do it. Yeah. He's like, no. He's like, basically, he's like someone. He's someone in an office who like escalates something to management and then says and then <laughs> Not and then he's like oh well because uh, I'll just go he get drunk in an alley to deal with he it. had <laughs> all they had to do was chuck it in the ocean or whatever which no one did but anyway all that aside on the balcony she suddenly says to Michael Flatley oh. this is completely unearned now by the way we have to go back a little bit to when Michael Flatley first sees her and she's with Eric Roberts yeah. and instead of saying oh, oh hi <laughs> like <laughs> instead of saying oh hi so I'm actually an old friend your fiancés or even her saying to Eric or him, oh, or him saying anything to him he ignores Eric Roberts yeah, but walks like, past him says can I dance to, to he her he should be like because I was thinking right <laughs> if, like you say you're not a jealous person at all right which I am and I'm sitting there with you and we're like watching a lounge singer sing Mac the Night and then, and then you a go, stranger <laughs> comes up and asks you to dance no no I'm thinking if they ask you to dance right and you go oh, yeah, sorry, and yeah. for some reason you had this wildly intimate dance where your cheeks were like touching hands each other and you're like stroking each other and hugging each other and then you sat down again and then you rest and then you rest your foreheads against each other and then and then you and then you hear them say you hear them say aren't you going to say anything I just did <laughs> and then I'd be like honestly after you said like, are you okay <laughs> and then he says what does he say he says oh yeah instead Eric Roberts says to her what did, what he, did he say to you? to you? 
And then she said, he said I have a nice dress. Which and also doesn't she, make any of that okay. So she should have actually said, God, that's actually really inappropriate of me. That's my old friend. Like, he's actually my uncle because he's so fucking old. Anyway, so none of that got explained. Oh my God. And then flash forward to the next scene. We see them together. They're on the balcony. He's like, oh, that's an algorithm that's going to wipe out half the planet. She's like, cool. Then she goes, I <laughs> always she goes loved back. you. She goes back to no, the No, but before that, she goes, I always loved you. Yeah. And then he goes, or she goes, and you always loved me too. I'm like, wait, no, sorry. The love of his life was burnt alive at the stake. Yeah, which you which you have established over and so over again. Beating us over the head with that with flashback. Her. So when I'm saying <laughs> characters in that scene of information they shouldn't have, we as a viewer, there's no information there for us. I'm like, yeah. okay, all we saw was one scene of her at the funeral where she was kind of looking out the window. She also says to him, I'm so sorry that I never offered my condolences last time we met and <laughs> yeah, said I'm yeah, sorry yeah. for your loss. At the like, funeral. At the you funeral. were at the funeral standing next to him. In fact, she goes over and shakes his hand. The first and, and so only for 10 thing. years she's thinking, I should have said I'm sorry for your loss at the funeral. The first thing you say to anyone at a funeral in Ireland is, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. So she missed her social cue. And then she goes to him, because she's always smiling, this actress, right? It's bizarre. She goes, I haven't seen you in so long. I thought you were dead. <laughs> and he's just like, no, I'm not dead. It's like, cool. Anyway, I always loved you. Yeah, I always loved you too. Let's make out. And you know the way we said he loves a panning shot? Yeah. So they press their lips together so tight like it's a 1930s Hollywood movie. So gross. And then they kind of squish their heads together and move their lips. They didn't open their mouths. They just moved their heads while their lips stayed in the same position. That's kind of the best way I can think to describe. While a drone kind of... That's what the intimacy coordinator told them to do. (laughs) A tracking shot zoomed around them in circles to like make sure that we got every angle of this awful kiss. So everyone in the cinema is laughing at that as well. And then it descended into utter madness. Sorry, meanwhile, meanwhile, the young girl who is obsessed with Michael Patley is watching in the sidelines. Oh my God. So enraged with jealousy. Previous scene for anyone who didn't see the movie. She actually walked into his room wordlessly took off her robe all she had underneath it was this a thong this is the young girl who was obsessed with it and she stood and like t- took her robe off and we got like a side view of her breast and her- we saw her bum she was in a thong and then Michael Flatley come over put the robe back on her and kicked her out yeah. of the room he was like I don't do that he was I think like, he thought we as an audience would be like that's so great like he's such a kind of moralistic exactly, man yeah, but yeah, we as yeah. the audience are like you wrote for that actress to come in and exactly, show her exactly exactly that backfired yeah, Michael Flatley big time yeah so anyway then your one gets goes off again after this declaration of love and then he goes off and plays poker for 20 minutes now that's when I agree with you the movie got boring now can we talk about the poker scene Yes. Because that was a terrible poker scene. It was so boring. Because, <laughs> because I think they were trying to go for it with a casino royale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's Big so time. it so has a hard on for James Bond. To the point where the, it's like, are you are you just copying it? But or are you no, like mocking it? There's like, no tension. There's no tension. Also, you can't like replicate a scene that Austin Powers did better in a spoof twenty years ago. And you also but, can't be like, I'm watching it as like but I don't care who wins the poker game because you're both millionaires. Can I say exactly? <laughs> can I say? Can I say? Here's here's what happens in the final, um, the final like showdown mm-hmm. in the you know in the final hand. He's gone all in, um, <laughs> and then then they reveal their cards and it's like uh, look, I can't remember exactly what they had, but say say it's like Eric Roberts has a uh, um, a full house and. Um, uh, whatever it's what, like Michael Flatley has a royal like flush. a royal flush right whatever they they both essentially have two incredibly good and rare hands because of course they do and also um, they've like by but the here's way the like thing. something like $500,000 on the table <laughs> here's on this the game. thing here's and the, the whole th- casino's watching them here's the thing with poker like and I'm no poker expert but 
Eric Roberts had an amazing hand. Uh, Michael Flatley had an amazing hand. They both saw it through to the end and met each other's raises, which is what you do when you have an amazing hand. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, <laughs> Eric, Roberts, the game Eric, yeah, Eric Roberts then goes to him, well played. You it's like yeah, it's like what he did nothing. He did exactly what anyone would do if they had a fucking royal flush. I guess the only thing. Of course, he did, you go all in. I guess what Eric Roberts is trying to say is that I can smell the shoe shine off your shoes, <laughs> <laughs> and I can smell the clothes wash on your linen suit. What was he on about? I have no idea. <laughs> it's like I can tell a lot about a man by the type of shoe shine like, he wears. But like, sorry, two rich old men playing poker is just there's no tension in that scene. And like, meanwhile, Michael Flatley, like, there's other shit going on in your hotel. Why are you? Yeah, there's two this? dead bodies yeah. in your hotel, man, and you haven't <laughs> alerted the authorities. One of them you murdered. <laughs> it's like, no, no, and then you did just... murder Dave. Okay. Sorry, no. <laughs> it's entirely believable. Three times and he died. No, no, Dave. It's entirely believable that Michael Flatley, who is an agent, he's been out of action for 10 years, right? Drinking uh, every night in a hotel, it seems like. Like on the lash, he's yeah. been drinking a lot. With his friends, and then he puts yeah. his forehead to them and says, yeah. to the end. Yeah. He's yeah. at least 65, right? I don't know what age he's supposed to be. To me, it's entirely plausible that in three punches he can kill someone <laughs> in the, who's twice his size and, and half prime. his age <laughs> makes perfect sense this person whose job is to be oh a professional God. hitman and bodyguard is extremely fit and muscular of course Michael Flatley could beat him up in three hits here's, here's, there was not even an explanation for that he felt his pulse and like shook his head like oh he's dead here's another bit that of information we hear that bodyguard's name mentioned quite a lot throughout the movie yeah. so Eric Roberts tells um, Vivian, you know, a lot. He says, uh, she says, oh, why does Quan have to follow me? He says, I'm going to stick Quan on you. Yeah, they said his name like, like more than anyone else's name. <laughs> and, <he's laughs> like, and, then, <laughs> and then Eric Roberts is like, send Quan to get the, to get the disc back from, from Blackley. Um, and, but then here's the funny thing. When, when, after Michael <laughs> Blackley has, or Vincent Blackley has, um, <laughs> has um, given his confession to the priest that was um, so funny he actually then, ran out of the confession box and the priest's like you're grand like, then, the young, then the young girl comes in and says something like um, so like they know that Quan is missing <laughs> and, and, and we're like sorry why do you know what Quan's name is and then he goes you have had no interactions and also with you're the people. one who bloody ratted the <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. the one who caused all this chaos why do you know the bodyguard's <laughs> name now I have to say the only movie that I the only part of the movie I actually gasped that I didn't see coming was when they were on the boat oh, like, that Quan whole scene the guy's neck. I loved on the boat that showed Eric Roberts being an absolute lunatic like this guy he's like tech guy is like has two minutes to make all these fraudulent bank transactions right I know what he's doing but he's like I have two minutes to do it and it's like imperative I get this right and Aaron Fox is like na 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 you pussy he's like drinking he's like I was like god he's really chaotic like I was really enjoying his energy and then they just like chuck someone over the boat then Quan just like breaks someone else's neck which I find really shocking and I actually gasped and I was like god I need more of that energy in the movie yeah there's nothing like, uh, there's nothing really surprising happens at any point in the movie well right? no Quan breaks someone's also, neck yeah, because it's actually unsurprising when Michael Flatley killed him because what he should have done was like Rocky Balboa style you get hit and hit and hit while you're just standing and taking it until like very end you finally win like Michael Flatley's like no I'll punch him three times and he's dead it's so ludicrous oh, it's like. so stupid and, and but it's boring <laughs> it's not interesting to watch and also but can we talk about that that fight scene where they're like I swear he said something like there's this build up to it this and then the guys leave up. and then there's like 
And then it's like, and then he goes. By the way, this is like the climax of the film. You didn't think I let you have all the fun, did but you? But this is the climax of the film, right? This is the scene where him and, and Eric like, Fox. Whoa, Eric shit! Fox it's all going to go down. Yeah, facing And then off. you get a, a moment of a helicopter shot where it's like, here's what it looks like <laughs> from way up here. <laughs> and I swear to God, that is the moment where, as soon as this comes on a streaming platform or a DVD or whatever. I want someone to to make a gif of that helicopter shot and watch what Michael Flatley is doing in that <laughs> moment because I I got a glimpse of it and it is incredible. So it's Michael Flatley taking in the whole with scene. two guns, yeah, and he's is basically doing Lord of the Dance because he's just going do 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 do. But yeah, you can't see this on a podcast, but his hips are going mad. I, I didn't see it's, that. It is By the like, way, I didn't see it because so this is the climax. But he's of also film. standing perfectly still. Dear listeners, this is the climax of the film. Michael Flatley and his mate, the guy from Game of Thrones, pull their guns. So does everyone else, like Western style. One second later, the scene's over. We see the bodies fall and that's it. No, but also, what's the outcome? Did the bad guys die? Well, Eric Roberts fell to the ground. I can tell that much. Okay, I didn't even care. It was such a brief scene. I was too busy looking at his hips. And then it was just over. And then like the movie was over. I was like, (laughs) don't understand what happened. No, the movie wasn't over. We got a little epilogue with like, everything's great now. (laughs) Nick is back at the hotel and there's like a sexy woman on his shoulder. Nick's Uh, reading a book while his girlfriend stands behind him stroking him. And I'm like, is As this you a do. happy ending for her? Every woman in this movie is dressed in, in, in ridiculous, like, either skimpy outfits or ball Sorry. gowns. You or- brought me to my point that I did not want to forget. The blonde woman, the love interest. She's wearing a Deb's dress for the last act of this film. <laughs> yeah. Why is she a grown woman because, wearing that dress? Because um, uh, costume design by Michael Flatley. Yeah, it's Production true. design by Michael Flatley. Um, can I also just say that I really enjoyed the fact that all the bad guys who run this like global weapons conglomerate oh, I forgot about that they and all wear rings they're so secret rings. they wear rings yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no no just in case anyone is wondering about what evil crime weapons conglomerate I'm in I'm the one who wears this ring on their pinky um, and I just have to say that one more thing Yeah. where am I I'm trying to look because so I actually wrote funny. down some notes oh yeah one more thing just the singer in general I'm so upset like when they say in films when you criticise films and you're like you know do the female characters the basic Bechdel test do the female characters of any a storyline where there's two women who talk to each other not about a man no right so this movie immediately fails that test yeah fine because everyone in the movie is talking about Blackbird all the time not only that but so no women's one, live in film back 40 years no one would pass the Bechdel test in the film yeah. because everyone's talking about Blackbird at all times but secondly it's like they actually truly only exist to serve his story and that is like actually quite dark and I think like Michael Flatley should have had some script supervision yeah that's what I've said yeah Yeah, have anybody look at the script yeah it's like when he is the production company (laughs) he is the writer he is the director it's a completely neutral production company (laughs) that he's got nothing to do with but finally my biggest disappointment with this film is there's a dance scene instead of showing us his fucking feet they just show us his cheeks and he's just rubbing <laughs> cheeks with this woman and I thought he was cheek gonna to like cheek. twirl around they're gonna have a dance scene and I'd say he's like I'm sick of being known as the dance guy I don't want to be known as the dance guy yeah. it's like but that's what you are like embrace it your production company is called Dance Lord do you know yeah. what I mean he could have done the tango or something there could have been yeah exactly yeah. there could have been fine don't do river dance but like like Arnie had more moves than him at the beginning of True Life. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. and then at the very end I was just thinking about that woman who's now presumably moving into his mansion with him I just don't know how I'd feel about like living with a partner who's 
mourning their fiancé still after 10 years no not that because it's fine to mourn but as in whose fiancé is actually buried in their back garden and they stand in front of the grave all day every day yeah and in that moment where you're uniting for the first time in the house that's what he's doing yeah I just felt like I really don't think this guy is over her I mean she had a horrific death by the way that almost felt like that was coming from a different movie that was awful yeah yeah they'd like cut to that every now and then she's being burnt to life really awful what the fuck and there seemed to be some implication that his friend the Game of Thrones guy caused it yeah what was that about he was just like she shouldn't have been there man they were like alluding and he said that his fault they kept in these really dark flashbacks and he was like I'm sorry Blackbird it's like what did he do but yet they're still the best of friends yeah so I don't know what was going on with any of that but anyway you didn't think I'd let you have all the fun did you honestly talking about this movie is so much fun I had way more fun talking about this with you (laughs) than I had watching it Um, which is why I think this movie would be better um, I, I love cinema please go to the cinema support <laughs> cinema but this movie would be better at home with a few beers and a lot of friends laughing at it yeah that also is true yeah. I don't believe in watching it in clips because I don't think the clips are as funny in isolation I think you need to be in the yeah, movie fine. But and like have the context stick it on it is short stick it on when it's on home video <laughs> or you know go to the cinema, if, the you're cinema. A re- if you're a real masochist like we are I do wish the cinema we were in was like one of the ones that had drink because I think there would have been a much more yeah, wild uh, air to the evening. If people were actually drunk while they watched this movie, it was. It was. You're right, though. It was so. It was so jarring to watch Michael Flatley be like a close talker, be way too close to uh-huh. people on that movie, and feel uncomfortable. While also there were people around us in the cinema wearing wearing masks. It felt like <laughs> yeah. it felt like that was a real weird jarring experience. It just felt like and it felt so pre-pandemic. It shows that the pandemic has scarred us because I was deeply uncomfortable by how close he was. To be honest, I think people. I would have always been uncomfortable yeah. by how yeah, close true. he was. To if me Michael Valley was ever that close to me, I'd be alarmed. I feel like if you ever met him in real life, like he would just be like have his cheek <laughs> touching yours. <laughs> I'm just like really uncomfortable. Uh, so I'm, I'm oh really God. glad, yeah, that we I'm haven't so, met. Thank you so much, Kathy. This is I had you've really picked me up after this movie Great. talking about that movie my pleasure um, thanks for thank you guys for listening to us for 250 episodes um, yeah. I'm so like I just love I love that we get to do this all the time so and fun. me and Kathy get to uh, hang out which we do anyway but hang out with all of you guys <laughs> and that's kind of what the most fun of our podcast is is just like talking to all of you people and getting yeah. to know you so please tell us the what past you thought six of years. Blackbird yeah if you did go I'd say most people did not go to that and just listen to the spoilers section that's I what I would do I think if they've done that it's a terrible affront <laughs> and they should go back <laughs> go back go back and do your due diligence guys but come find us on social on Twitter Instagram Facebook mainly on Twitter uh, at the cinema and come over to Patreon where we do a ton of TV reviews. So at the moment we're doing Game of Thrones and what's it called? Something of the Rings? Rings of Power. Rings of Power. I just watched. Uh, and we're also just about to watch a Who Done It. Our uh, patrons are voting on what the movie should be, but right now uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is storming ahead in the polls. So yeah, we it's both hope very that likely going to be that. And thank you, Dave, for um, bringing me out for such a wonderful date. I'm sorry about that moment in the cinema when I went off dancing with another man. Our cheeks were together. It was all very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. He was just telling me my dress was nice. Oh, good. Okay. All well, that's fine then. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, bye. Bye, everyone. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And I'm about to sin again. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. 
Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.